there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Jeff Cork. Hey, buddy. Oh, we're back again. Yes. Doesn't it feel good? Parts of it feel good. <laughs> well, it's the Twilight Zone, so it's always <laughs> a rocky ride. An uneven ride, but an interesting ride, I'd argue. Absolutely. Uh, we are about halfway through towards the middle of the first season of the rebooted Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele. All right, let's tear that apart. How many episodes are going to be in this season? I'm not sure, <laughs> but we're plowing ahead and it just got renewed for a second season. Did it really? So I don't think there's any way out of Why? this Why? Really? Okay, let's take, let's get into it. Okay. You know, um, we're, first of all, I'd like to apologize for being not the most punctual with these. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of bundling some up. I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll normally release them on Friday right after the new episodes go live. Really? I, I think we can handle that. All right. But... You know, watching these two episodes, I'm not tipping my hand here or anything, but I really sat back and looked at the ceiling and said, does the Twilight Zone need to exist anymore? The old show's a classic, one of our favorite shows of all time. Mm -hmm. Some episodes are better than others, but we love it, right? Right. We just recently watched When the Sky Was Open. Still is awesome. Yeah. But it was serving a purpose back then that I don't think was being served by the rest of television. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the Twilight Zone reboot is serving a purpose? It is occupying space and is a marquee title on CBS All Access Streaming. I have really been thinking about this a lot. Yeah. And I bet that if CBS did not have a streaming platform, if this thing were released on like broadcast CBS, Mm -hmm. three episodes canceled. Really? Absolutely. (sighs) Why? Uh, Because... For the most part, it sucks super hard. Jesus! (laughs) Those last batch, the last couple you liked. Yeah, that's why I said for the most part. Okay. It is... They've somehow managed to eclipse the Twilight Zone in one way, which is how uneven it is. Hmm. I I don't know. I think the range of the old episodes is still greater than the range of these. I think that at least one of the things that this is strictly because the Twilight Zone is a show from the 60s and we are not living in the 60s, even the really bad, boring episodes were melodramatic or kitschy yeah. in a way that was at least interesting to watch. Hmm. But if you're watching a bad episode of the contemporary Twilight Zone, which we're about to get into, uh, it is boring and you just wonder, like, why does this exist? Well, I wonder if it's why does this exist also just, you know, hey, stop me if you've ever heard this one before. There's so much to watch these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that easy comparison of like i could jump to anything else you need Mm -hmm. to stand head and shoulders above a lot of competition if you're going to claim to be the new twilight zone and i don't think that this rebooted show is doing that at this point it's interesting too because it has such i would imagine at least with like for a lot of viewers it has such an like amazing cachet like this is a brand that is not just well known but it's like well regarded by a lot of people so you think it would attract a degree of talent that would otherwise be difficult to find. And I think a lot of the actors that they got, you know, this mm-hmm. John show in this episode, I'm sure it's like, yeah, Twilight Zone, who's going to say no to that? Of yeah. course they'll be on The cast is phenomenal. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know what the mandate was from 
like the showrunners or what was going on there, but it just seems like a lot of these episodes just have a fundamental misunderstanding of uh, what is interesting, <laughs> let alone what is a good episode of a Twilight Zone. This one certainly goes for it. Uh, this episode, we're talking about the Wonderkind. Yes. The Wunderkind. The, but before we get to that, Cork, yeah, yeah. before we started recording, you reminded me of something that I genuinely completely forgot about, which is very relevant a for whole this bunch podcast. Of, okay, so a whole bunch of time passed between when we recorded the first run of the Twilight Highlight Zone. Yeah. And we lived our lives and did things. One of those things was you interviewed George Takei. Who yeah. you remember from his star turn in? The Encounter, <laughs> Bonsai jumping out the bonsai. attic, jumping through the window. Yeah, it was a weird thing for a day job. Uh, I was a, a chance to interview George Takei, and one of the reasons I wanted to do it was like, ah, uh-huh. Twilight Zone, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I here said we go, Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, so let's play the clip where I talked to George Takei himself about the Encounter. Is this an exclusive? Uh, this is a hot Twilight Highlight Zone exclusive, not counting Game Informer. Okay, ready? Yes. I don't know how often people bring up the episode of Twilight Zone that you were in, uh, but we're big fans here in the Game Informer office. Oh, well, thank you very much for that. Was that a positive experience overall? Uh, 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 Twilight Zone? Yeah. Was that a positive experience? I, you know, I was a young, <clears throat> young actor, and that was a wonderful opportunity. I mean, to, because, you know, more often than not, when you're... Uh, uh, a young, a fresh actor, you're getting uh, roles that are pretty uh, standard. But with that one, it was um, red, raw, bloody meat that, that I could sink my teeth into. Yeah. And so uh, I really uh, found it challenging and fulfilling. And you get to jump through a window, if I remember correctly. I did. <laughs> yes. All right, but- what kind of that? Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> nice mattress on the side. <laughs> Perfect. George Takei, if you're ever in Minnesota, nice mattress on the other side. <laughs> and I think when we saw the encounter in our original review, we mm-hmm. said, what a red raw bloody beat to bite into. Absolutely. And that other person in the interview was, uh, I'm imagining some kind of PR person, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was Franklin himself cutting ah. things up. Hey, yeah, what a get. What a get. <laughs> it was big red bloody raw meat. <laughs> and it was a great opportunity for a young actor. <laughs> There we go. That's the kind of insight you can expect from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Very exciting. Okay, let's get to it, Court. Let's get to it. The Wunderkind. The Wunderkind. All right. So this episode, we got Sucks. A- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, yeah, we don't want to play our hand, but this is the worst thing I think I've ever seen. Um, so we got a character named Raf Hanks. Yeah. And he's on a table, and he's kind of looking around. It's super harshly lit. And as you hear this voice off camera, like on a microphone or speaker saying, can you hear me? Uh, he's confused. He says, Does, do you know your name? Do you know who the president is? And then it kind of jumps over to, all right, so they're at a rally for President James Stevens. It's an election year, and you find that Raff is uh, his uh, campaign manager. And he's kind of known as the, the Wunderkind. And he actually even has a, a book by the same title. because Hot he's off a, the presses. He's a big whiz, and he and his friend... Um, What's his friend's name? I've got it written on Marn, I believe. Yeah, they're drinking another one of those Canamid beers, you know, that we saw in the Comedian. So they got a lot of mileage out of those labels. And they're just talking about how everything's coming up. He's like a bright, shining star in the political spec in the political sphere. Yeah. Jump back to the room. So this, we're going to be doing a lot of this back and forth. Where we're retelling the story, and then he's in this weird room. And then the voice says, do you know who did this to you? And then we jump back in, and then the president, Stevens, who's played by John Larroquette, calls uh, 
going to call him Hanks from now on because Raph is weird. Uh, calls Hanks in. He says, I lost in Newark and New Jersey. I'm going to be a one-term joke, and it's all your fault. And uh, Martin says, you know, good luck. You know, you're going to come back from this, you know, but boy, good luck. And then we jump again. Hanks is at the bar. His hair's all messed up, and he's super bummed out. And then he sees, like, on the television, there's a kid running for uh, president. <laughs> Kid's name is Oliver. He's made a YouTube video and it's gotten millions of hits. Eight million views on this thing. Yeah, and he, he says like, and you see a little bit of the thing, and he says he wants people to be nice to each other, um, and he wants them to go to be able to go to school and play video games. And uh, that's a, I don't know, it seems fairly, fairly good. And the Easter egg there, I guess, is that it's Whipple News, which seems like a real stretch. If you remember that episode, uh, the Brain Center at Whipple's, where the factory. A what? Yeah, it's oh. an episode where the guy automates his factory until eventually the AI kicks him out and then takes his job. From the original Twilight Zone? From the original Twilight no. Zone. It's a forgettable episode, yeah. That is not an episode that we talked about. Look it up. Brain Center at Whipples. And this isn't some 80s crap. Nope. Oh my God, I feel bad it's for not It's a completely that at all. forgettable episode. Anyway, but it's like Whipple News Network or whatever, but it just says Whipples, which is. Very strange to see on a on a Chiron. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the kid is you know got quite a following, and he wants people to play video games at school. Then it shows like man on the street interview with people, and they're like, "Hey, I like what he says." And the lady's like, "He tells it like it is. He's like, speaking are, the truth." It's like, wait, are you, is he saying more than what we just saw? Because he just says he wants people to be nice to each other and play video games at school. And like, this is this is it. This is my everything. Is this episode, every time that kid speaks, it's like, have him say something that's actually compelling. There mm-hmm. is an angle they could have taken, but it it is jarring because every time they cut to the people doing those little man-on-the-street mm-hmm. reactions, it's like, what's happening? Is this a comedy? Are they supposed to be completely absurd? Are the people in the bar like listening to him like, yeah, I like the way he says mm-hmm. people should get free video games. It's like, what is this tone? <laughs> what? Yeah. What is happening? There's a story you can tell here, but... This is not the right way to start it out. No. And just, to, just behind the scenes a little bit. So it's written by Andrew Guest, who wrote for 30 Rock and like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, directed by Richard Shepard, who directed The Matador, if you remember that film. Nope. Uh, also 30 Rock and Dom Hemingway. Hmm. Uh, which like, so it's like a comedy background for the writer and director. And I think it just skews the tone of this episode to a really confusing degree. Yeah, it's, it's so weird and not in a fun way. Guy at the bar says, hey, hey, you should run this guy's campaign. And then, you know, narrator appears at the bar and says his spiel about, hey, we're going to go to the Twilight Zone, guys. Buckle in. Yeah, here we go. Where do you buckle up? I don't know. Uh-huh. So now back at the table, uh, he, he tells the, the person in the speaker, you know, I saw my shot and I took it and then blood appears on his, like, surgical gown. So yeah. Signs that something's going on there. Uh, we go to... Hanks drives over to Oliver's house and eats dinner. Oliver says he's sick of war stuff and environment stuff, and, and he wants two weeks vacation during Christmas. Uh-huh. So he says his, his origin story, Oliver, he's a, a streamer. He started with making videos, and he did Minecraft and Fortnite, and then decided to run for president, and he's got 12 million views. At this point, the mom is kind of treating it like a joke, and, it's, you know, they it's kind of a weird they he says uh hank says like your your name will be on the ballot mom 
which is a fun detail detail that they kind of throw out there and never really dive into enough for me. Like, I want to know more about that relationship there, like how that works. Yeah, so I don't know that that's how it works, <laughs> but the Twilight Zone runs by different rules. Uh-huh. So says, apparently he's going to run for president, mom will be on the ballot, and it's going to be a fun time for all. And then Hanks tells the dad, who's very skeptical, Oliver connects with people. Uh, Oliver... He runs downstairs and he's like, hey, I'm making a new video. Do you want to watch? And then he does some campaign pledges, which are, are you ready for his campaign pledges? Yes, hit me. Jobs for everyone. Uh-huh. And as he's saying these, we then go to him on the road speaking to bigger and bigger crowds. Right. Uh, long weekends, longer vacations. Of course. Less Star Wars movies. Better air to breathe. Less war. Dogs for dog people, cats for cat people. Uh-huh. And again, the crowds are getting bigger because this is resonating with people. Uh, more pancake houses throughout the land. Free video games for every American. Every month has to have its own holiday. And dessert is before dinner is this crescendo applause Ladies line. and gentlemen, dessert is before dinner. So then we go to here in Iowa. We cut to a cornfield very briefly, which is like, Oh my God, are we really going to be doing this? Is this like a little Anthony situation where he's going to control people? Like that's what we're led to believe that there's something going on there. Right. Right. And I think, yeah, that is definitely an undercurrent. It's weird that the comedian also had an undercurrent of it's a good life. And now this episode, it's like, Oh, the bossy kid. It's another Mm -hmm. lightly inspired by it's a good life. If you want to connect those dots, which Which the trailer for this episode was absolutely more than happy to insinuate that something is going on. Oh really? Because you made me watch the trailer and I watched it after I saw the episode and it looked like, I don't know, it's just a trailer for the episode, but what did you see in that? I saw in that, that this kid has some kind of like supernatural ability to get power. It certainly, if you want to read too much into it, which I admittedly, after watching this episode twice, I had done, (laughs) Uh, it made I was really excited for this episode. Right, just watching the trailer because I thought it was a pretty strong. One. Are we? So you wanted like the John Cho character to be confused about like what is this power he's having over people? What, exactly, like he's beguiling people. Something's going on here. In a way, isn't that kind of ultimately what the episode is? I don't think it successfully conveys that that there's something supernatural. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we're back in Iowa and people are cheering at the rally, and then he sees his old uh, colleague Mara, and she she. Joins the campaign and says, hey, I was wrong. You, you didn't blow it earlier. Yeah. Back on the table, we hear the doctor says he's, we're going to operate in a minute. And then we're on the set of a really terrible music video. If you're young enough to hope, then you're young enough to vote, I think is what it was. And I love every time they play the song and it ends, it just ends with, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> every it's, time. It's very good. It's so bad. And I then mean, it's bad. Oliver has to go to the doctor. There's a big giant fight with the mom. And then it seems like it's going to reach a crescendo. Something's going to happen. And then nothing happens. I was like, okay. That's the first part. I was like, oh, they're doing the old switcheroo. They want to like hit the same notes and like kind of play off those expectations of long time Twilight Zone viewers. And he specifically doesn't want to go to the doctor because there's an old doctor that Mm -hmm. he hates. Yep. And he puts his hands over his ears. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Mm -hmm. Walks off. Hey, uh, Hey, this kid's supposed to be 11. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too personal, but yeah. uh, do you have a kid around that age or something? Yeah, I got a 12-year-old. Is that an accurate representation of an 11-year-old, or is it a cartoon? It's approximate. Is that roughly? Yeah. Like, if your 12-year-old is running for president, don't you think you'd have something better to say? No. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. I take it back. Yeah. I assume kids are smarter than uh, than the shows represent, but never yeah. mind. Let me do some more 
man on the street interviews and people are really behind him. They, they love his message. They catch a debate prep. They're getting ready for the, the, the Democratic primary. Or, do they even say what party he's no. in? No. Yeah, no, it's don't. just the primary then. Okay. No. Um, and he's asked about Iraq. He kind of stammers his way through an answer saying, I can't give a... Six, I can't give this good answer. It deserves an answer. Good question. Deserve an answer. I can't give it to you. It's one of those things. Bite. Yeah, it seems like somebody that was hired on the campaign mm-hmm. was trying to like structure him a little more, yeah. give him the classic phrases, and he was kind of stumbling his way through it. And then it's like, "F it, I don't want to do that. I want to speak on my own terms." You're mm-hmm. fired. Yeah, this like another consultant named Larry. He's like, "This is bullshit. You're not prepared. You're not doing anything I've told you to do." Right. And then they fire him. And that moment, there's a. There's a cup that I can't remember if it's Mara drinking from it, and it's got the Busy Bee Diner logo on it. Oh, fun. Okay. So apparently that's a chain, which makes me like the Busy Bee Diner a little bit less, but what are you going to do? <laughs> so then they go to the actual debate, and it is just a complete S show uh-huh. in the interest of keeping you from beeping a lot. He's saying, taxes are good unless they're bad, right? So Sometimes they're good. It is a cartoon S show, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, and people are laughing backstage like, hey, Hanks. I hear they're running a city dog catcher. You can uh, run that campaign. Right. It's, and so he's talking to the mom and sister, and he's like, don't worry. He'll get his sea leg soon. Everybody goes to this, and they're just, like, devastated. Like, sister's crying. You killed our boy, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then Oliver's on stage and says, mom, mom. And then she, like, runs over and picks him up, which had to have been the best possible television to watch. That seems fun. That sounds amazing. Can you imagine what would you do if you're watching a debate and someone just loses it and then their mother comes and picks the person up? That's good TV, Walks man. off stage. And then he's back in the bar and the bar, the TV in the bar is focusing on him. Mm-hmm. Like, worst campaign manager ever. <laughs> it's like, I know we like focusing on campaigns a lot in yeah. America, but like the idea that the news would focus on the campaign manager yeah. in that way is like, oh, that's a little bit of a stretch. It's really weird. They were back in the operating room with Dr. Pierce is... And there's like a bit of back and forth and uh, Hank says, save my life or let me die. Now, yeah, they're at the bar and then, then uh, they're saying like, hey, this is an event that's going to be examined for years. Hank tells Mara that he still believes in Oliver and uh, he guaranteed that he would give him a full run. And Mara kind of says, oh, yeah, I stopped by Oliver's house and he asked about you. Their dog Homer's dying of cancer. But I told and uh, Oliver said that he didn't blame Hank's. And then Hank's is like dying dog because he said he wanted to make a vlog out of it anyways he's, he's like, like ah, you can make a go. video about a dying dog it's perfect and plus he's too late to take him off so he's still on the val- ballot and we uh get a video of him he's with homer his old dog and and oliver's talking about how he's old and has this kind of cancer you can't treat and i learned that old age makeup on a dog just makes it look like you've rolled it in trash <laughs> <laughs> it's just this filthy looking rotten dog <sighs> And he promises, his campaign promises to make sick dogs better. And then he wins the first caucus in Iowa because everyone loves it. And then he wins. We can do this. We can do it. Now we're in the Oval Office and he still wants to maintain his promise about video games for everyone. His advisors are like, eh, I don't think that's really possible. And I'm not like, quite sure Congress is going to go for that. And he's like, if they don't put a search on search checks on Game Boys. The, the game references is confusing because it's like, hey, when he's like, hey, video games for everybody, video games are free. It's like, yeah, you know what video game is free? The biggest video game in the world, Fortnite. Like, there's plenty <laughs> of free games. Like, that's yeah. not an issue here, everybody. Yeah. And but also, like, you see a video game in the corner that he's playing on the TV, and it just looks like 
crappy Space Invaders press start, where it's like, mm-hmm. I, this is supposed to be a young, hip Twilight Zone, you know? Like, yeah. Come on, you guys should understand video games, right? Leash. Also, before that, like, right when he gets in the office, there's a fun moment where he picks up the phone. He's like, this is the president. Bomb Russia. <laughs> and then, like, the guard's like, what do I do here? Just like, kidding. the general guy. He's like, yeah, just kidding. That's yeah, you also see, games. like, there are penguins on the White House. Oh, yeah, that is fun. Lawn. It's basically Richie Rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kid president. There's a popcorn maker in the Oval Office. There's also in the Oval Office, there's a Whipple pinball machine with a UFO on it, which is like, boy, they're really into this Whipple branding. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, boy, that tickles a distant memory. <laughs> that might be the most forgettable episode it's, of the Twilight Zone. It is one of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the, some lady comes in with some replacement dogs, and he's like, this, he's like, I like this one. And she's like, it is a female. Get rid of them. Yeah. So, and then he's told he has to take his physical, and he's like, no, no old doctors. It's a new law. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay. He's also, like, you know, very bossy and firing people. And then he has a claim, like, or they talk about, like, oh, there won't be a shortage of people that want to work for the president here. So it's no, no big deal. He can do what he wants, right? Yeah. Also, then he wanted to communicate things through vlogging. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm not sure if vlogging is the best form of communication here, sir. And he's like, of course it is. Do kids call it vlogging? It's like YouTube, for Christ's sake. Streaming. Yeah. Yeah. So then Hanks takes the military advisor aside, and he's just like, are you worried about this? And the military guy's like, I do what I'm told. He's like, yeah, it's a strange time for you to be talking treason. He's like, huh? All right. Because he's just like, hey, doesn't it, doesn't it seem like the president is the most spoiled kid in the nation right now? Yeah. Like, hey, that's treason, buddy. And then talking to Mara, she seems like, hey, brightiness is just part of being a kid. Just enjoy this moment. And that moment seems like an absolute nightmare, but whatever. Yeah. And also, like, he tries to relate to the mom, too. Mm-hmm. To be like, hey, technically you're president. Will you do something? And even she refuses to intervene. Right. She's like, I've got to go with this. It's what he wants. Let's yep. go with it. Now we're in the putting green of the White House, and he's, like, saying, putting is boring, and he misses, and then Hanks is worried, and he says, I'm worried, you know, and Oliver is upset, too. But he's upset about treason, so he starts freaking out at that point about not being able to get a hold of one and insists Changes on... Changes the lighting in the room, which I'm confused by. Like, yeah, very menacing green lighting. Yeah. Uh, and he, then he insists on unconditional support, and then he says he lied about his dog having cancer just to get Hanks back on his team. He dumps the bucket of balls, golf balls all over the green, and says, see, I just got a hole in one. And he's like, are you treasonous? And then Hanks is like, no. And then Oliver says, was it a hole in one? He's like, no. And then Oliver shouts, gun! And then the Secret Service shoots him. I like that part. <laughs> that was a good way to kill him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then on the on the TV, we see, like, they're talking about, you know, this guy's been shot or whatever. And then on the little uh, crawl, it says, 10 students were arrested in a middle school for treasonous activities. Oh, that's fun. I missed that detail. Yeah. So then we go back and there's the doctor. He's like, all right. And the doctor comes in, the surgeon comes in, and it's a little kid. And he says, all right, let's get this done quick, mister. I want to finish my video games. (laughs) And the guy screams. Yeah, it is. Like I said, I watched this episode twice. It is the fucking worst thing. (laughs) It is so terrible. It is awful. I what? Hated, what about it? What I about hated it? everything in. about it. It's the dumbest premise because, like, it's a good life. I understand mm. that, like, it it is not a fair comparison, but I'm just going to do it anyway. To the best of the best, yeah. Um, that one is silly, but there's like an element of menace. Yeah, to the it's whole, like, scary. Conceptually, yeah. yeah, exactly. 
this, there's no reason why the everyone is falling in line with Oliver. Right. Because there's nothing charming about him. And, they, and, and again, it's not even the concept. There's a way to make a kid make a presenting case. You know how you do that is you're just... Say, you know what? We got the rights to the Twilight Zone. Let's give him some kind of freaking supernatural power like Anthony had. And yeah, maybe they thought life. it was too close to the comedian then or something. I don't know. Then they should have just abandoned this because this is this is irredeemably bad. There's absolutely nothing good about this episode. Is there a way to tell this type of story about a politician? Or you just think that's a story that's, that's just the lazy? problem? That's the problem, too, is I think they wanted to get their digs in on the current political climate. Wait, in what some do you way. mean? Well... We can talk about this later. This isn't a political podcast. But it seems like check us out kind of a flex. Yeah. But it has nothing to say. It's just like coming up with like the most gargantuan straw man imaginable. I mean like, oh, you think that guy's a child? Check this out. <laughs> a literal child. There's an episode of Black Mirror called, uh, I'm going to mess up the title. I think it's called That Waldo Moment or something. Okay. Which has something similar, like a similar theme where someone who is... Uh, unqualified to be elected gets elected and it's a nightmare. Oh, really? Okay. And that is far more successful. What does it do differently? It, it's like a guy who does the voice for this cartoon character huh. and people really get behind it and then runs like a faux campaign just based on like, hey, get a load of this nonsense. And then people get into it and it's kind of frightening in a way. Huh. But... This is like I, I just I cannot. It's yes. We can stop beating around the bush. It it really feels like the writer is just trying to vent frustration and the creative team uh-huh. for the Trump administration. Yes. In the most ham-fisted, forced way possible. Like, oh yeah, our president kind of acts like a kid sometimes. What if it was a kid? It's like, yeah, oh. Okay, we got it. even like to the point of like when I think it's when he's golfing or maybe before that, but like his hand movements are like so Trumpy and he's doing like the full. Uh full distinct hand movements like come on you guys it's just i don't want to say lazy writing (laughs) but like it's bad i imagine someone trying to come up with a twilight zone episode be like all right what's relevant what do i write about what do i write about oh okay current events and then flip them a bit Mm -hmm. all right okay it feels like a parody of a twilight zone episode yeah but again didn't some old episodes feel like a parody of a twilight zone episode absolutely four o'clock and stuff yeah but how long, how many decades have they had to write new episodes of The Twilight Zone? Yeah, it is certainly a rough one. Uh, what score did you give it, Cork? Can I give it a zero out of ten? No! Then it's a one out of ten. It is Whatever I can give that is the lowest. Sure. This is hey, awful. Hey, look, yeah, you can give it a zero if you want to, man. Okay, it is a zero out of ten. I gave it a four. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> I hate this thing. It is so bad. Hey, I gotta... I, I made my wife watch it, too, because I was super... Like, based on the trailer, it seemed like an interesting premise that I yeah. thought could or could not be told. I felt so bad that she <laughs> had to be in the room. And then when I told her, I was like, all right, I gotta go watch this and take notes on the second viewing. She's like, you gotta watch that again? It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And I wonder, like, if you are not familiar... Like, the only, only interesting thing about this, again, comes from if you are familiar with It's a Good Life. Uh-huh. Because it subverts your expectations in some way. As uh, yeah, a even that's a stretch, but I hear what you're saying. It is a stretch, but that's the only way that you could find any kind of entertainment is just being set up for disappointment when nothing interesting happens. But right. at least you have that expectation that something interesting might happen. If you're just watching this as a new viewer who's like, yeah, let's watch this Twilight Zone thing all about. this, If you watch this as the first episode, you would never want to watch another episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And I would not bl- blame you. And again, hey, this ain't no political podcast, but... 
what the, did it make you reflect at all about like, oh, I wonder if Roger Stone and the early people with Trump that got the ball rolling ever had that moment of like, holy God in heaven. Like, did it make you at least? No, it, it made me think about how do they think that an 11 year old could be elected president, even if his mom is going to be officially on the, like the whole thing is so dumb. It's just the dumbest shit. And yeah, I don't know. It just makes me so mad. Hang on. He's actually clawing the skin <laughs> off of his face right now. It's very unnatural. I'm doing a self-fatality. <laughs> I'm finishing me. All right. On a very, uh, on a lighter question here, lighter note. Uh, yeah. Wonderkind, there's a some point where the lady is like, hey, the Wonderkind meets the Wonder Kid. Mm-hmm. It means the same thing, doesn't it? So Wonderkind is just German for Wonder Kid? I believe so. That's very confusing. I've never understood what that word is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I give it a four. The Wonderkin, ladies and gentlemen. You know what You know what was interesting to me? What's that? It wasn't comparing it to It's a Good Life, but every shot of like John Cho in the in the bar, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he's going to be Spike in the Cowboy Bebop show. Oh. And so like I liked imagining if he had slightly bigger hair and then was just in well, that kind did, of like kind smoky of. environment. Every time he was in the bar... When he'd been drinking, his hair was completely messed up to signify that he'd been drinking. Mm, I see. Like, all right, I'm drinking. Better mess up my hair for that. Yeah, it's a wonderkin, ladies and gentlemen. You can't win them all. Do you think it'll be the worst out of the batch? I would be surprised if it wasn't. And I was surprised the closing narration wasn't just Peel getting out there shrugging and like, I don't know. <laughs> that was that. Boy, look at it. Turn on TV, ladies and gentlemen. Have you looked at this president? What's going on out there? Get a load of us. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, because there's a YouTube version of this show, mm-hmm. uh, it's very riveting. Um, we were we are eventually going to be posting audio versions. And if you're listening to the audio version, you can go over to the YouTube version. Everyone cross-pollinate and leave some comments and uh, share it if you like it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, until next time, Twilight Highlight Highlight.